2 Chronicles chapter 19. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate Yahweh? Because of this, wrath is on you from before Yahweh. Nevertheless, there are good things found in you, in that you have put away the Ashtaroth out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat lived at Jerusalem, and he went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and brought them back to Yahweh, the God of their fathers. He set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Consider what you do, for you don't judge man, but for Yahweh, and he is with you in the judgment. Now therefore, let the fear of Yahweh be on you, Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with Yahweh our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of bribes. Moreover, in Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat appointed Levites and priests, and of the heads of the fathers' households of Israel, for the judgment of Yahweh, and for controversies. They returned to Jerusalem. He commanded them, saying, You shall do this in the fear of Yahweh, faithfully and with a perfect heart. Whenever any controversy comes to you from your brothers who dwell in the cities, between blood and blood, between law and commandment, statutes and ordinances, you must warn them that they not be guilty toward Yahweh, and so wrath come on you and on your brothers. Do this, and you will not be guilty. Behold, Amariah the chief priest is over you in all matters of Yahweh, and Zebediah the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, in all the king's matters. Also the Levites shall be officers before you. Deal courageous, courageously, and may Yahweh be with the good. So Jehoshaphat is one of the good kings. And in the last chapter, he um, was with Ahab, and they were attacking a city called Ramoth-Gilead, and they lost. <laughs> Ahab was killed, and Jehoshaphat goes back to Jerusalem after that, and he gets this warning from Jehu, the son of Hanani the seer, to basically say, you know, why are you working with the wicked? So Ahab is the wicked. He's the king of the northern nation, Israel. And these two nations, the north and south, you know, they've got a historical connectedness of being the 12 tribes of Israel. But now they're disconnected because the 10 tribes in the north are not following the Lord. And this is politically supported and the two tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin, with the Levites' help, they're following the Lord. But Jehoshaphat, you know, he makes this friendship with the king of the north, Ahab. And um, anyway, they go to battle together at Ramoth Gilead. It all doesn't work out. And the word of the Lord comes, you know, why are you cooperating with these wicked people? You shouldn't do it. After that battle, it seems like Jehoshaphat never did anything further you know, with the northern kings. It seems like that. We don't really know everything that happened because some of these kings, they were on the throne for 10, 20 years, 16 years, one of them 52 years. And we just get these like one chapter per king pretty much. So a lot goes on we never know about. And, uh, but it seems like Jehoshaphat gets this word and it's like a real, sh you know, it, it gets his attention and from this point on he doesn't. Uh, have anything more to do with the north. And then the rest of the chapter goes on to describe um, 
his reforms in Judah. So it says that he went to teach people, you know, what Yahweh required as far north as Ephraim. So here we've got a guy who he's a good king and yet he does some things that are not good. He's a mixture. Now, it's very easy when you're reading through the Bible and you're reading people about kings like this or you're reading about other people and you notice their faults to think, ah, oh. <laughs> the temptation or the natural tendency is to think we wouldn't have done that if we were them. And I, I thought about Jehoshaphat and I thought, I probably would have been a lot like him um, because he was someone that was trying to cooperate with the northern nation. You know, these are the other, the missing tribes of Israel and, and you know, yeah, sure, they've got their faults and they're worshipping Baal, but, you know, we are really the 12 tribes. And, and I could see how in his mind there were reasons. And so even though he's a mixture of following the Lord as best he can, and he does these things that are not good, you can see how he's trying. And I think that's a lot like most of us. At least I thought of Jehoshaphat and I thought, of all the kings of Israel, the king I want to be the most like is David, apart from his sins. And yet the king I'm probably the most like is Jehoshaphat, <laughs> someone who tries and yet has failings. And you might find that don't be too quick to judge these people when you read about them because you might find you're more like them than what you realize. And so Jehoshaphat gets this warning and he takes it to heart, it seems. And then he comes back and he, he, he institutes judicial reform and they go as far north as Ephraim to teach people the ways of the Lord. So Ephraim is one of the tribes of Israel that's in the northern nation. So he's teaching the, the people in his own nation of Judah about the Lord because he wants them to follow Yahweh, but he even goes across the border. He personally doesn't, but he sends people to teach them, even in Ephraim, about the ways of the Lord. So he's getting away with what he can get away with. <laughs> and um, so, you know, and that's a good thing. He's basically being an evangelist. And um, he also uh, brings about reform for the, for the judges. He sets up a system of basically, um, you know, judges throughout the land where people can come and get, um, you know, get their problems solved. And he says to them, don't take bribes. Now, what does that tell you? They were all taking bribes before this. In fact, bribery would have been very common in the land. And in fact, bribery is common everywhere in the world where the gospel doesn't exist. And when the gospel comes into a land, there begins a process of cleaning up corruption. And sometimes that process can take time. Like for example, there's countries in Africa right now, and an example that comes to mind is Cameroon. And God bless you if you're from Cameroon. Um, but I, I know people who've been to Cameroon on mission trips. And this is a country which, you know, you go back 50 or 80 years, they weren't, didn't know the Lord at all. So the gospel is just new in this country. It's new in this whole part of Africa, and it's slowly having an effect and cleaning up corruption. Um, but stories I've heard from people who've been there, they're driving along, they get pulled up on the side of the road for a random check by the police. And if they don't pay the police money, the police are going to find all sorts of things wrong with their car, and they'll go to jail. <laughs> so they have to pay this bribe just so they can keep on going. And that type of thing happens everywhere and of course, part of it is the police probably aren't being paid a proper wage. It gets complicated. There's, there's lots of reasons why it's complicated, but the gospel slowly cleans these things up. So you see, for example, in the nation of Uganda, where I think in the year 2000, the government uh, launched an ethics committee <laughs> to, 
to investigate these things. You see, so there's a process where they're like digging into things. And uh, you might think that, that you know, in strong Christian countries that these things don't exist, but they sneak in. And when things are not watched, they, we had it here in Queensland way back in the 80s, an inquiry into corruption. And even though Queensland had a lot of strong Christian values, corruption was in the government. And there was a Fitzgerald inquiry and it cleaned it all up. And the gospel does that. The gospel, but the, the, the good thing about the gospel is it doesn't clean it up from the outside. It cleans it up from the inside because the gospel changes the hearts of people and they want to do the right thing. So they themselves won't be corrupt, even though others might be. And that's so wonderful. And what we see here is that uh, King Jehoshaphat is telling these people, he's appointing judges through the land, he's telling them, don't take bribes. He says, remember, you're not judging for yourself, you're judging for Yahweh. You're judging for the Lord. So you're representing him. You take a bribe, <laughs> it's not a good example for the Lord because the Lord's impartial. And he says, you must judge with the fear of the Lord. And you know what? That's good advice for all of us. It's good advice for here. And we see that, that when the Lord gets a grip on people, like this king, for example, he was concerned about what was right. But there might have been other nations in ancient times that didn't care. Kings that didn't care about these things. But here the Lord is at work in the nation. And whenever there's a good king, things begin this process of improvement. And some people think that, oh, if God was, you know, if God was loving and kind, the world would be perfect. But the thing is, the Lord doesn't force people to the way to be the way he wants. But when we open our hearts to the Lord and we allow him in, a process begins where things will become perfect. And so that's why the world isn't yet perfect, is because the process is underway. It's something that takes time. So Jesus came on the cross died and the gospel was sown into the world and the kingdom has begun to grow and there's a process. It's, it's not finished yet. And we see an example of it here with King Jehoshaphat of the Lord at work. So that's the Lord's heart. The Lord's heart is that there's justice for everyone. Everyone's treated fairly, but there is no bribery and no circumventing of things that people are treated properly. Um, but we also see in this chapter that even people of the best intentions like Jehoshaphat Sometimes there's a mixture in our hearts, as there almost certainly is in your heart. So we strive to be people who serve the Lord the best we can, and then the Lord's able to have his way in the world around us through us. And that's a good thing. Lord, I ask you to help us. Lord, help us to clean the mixture out of our hearts. Help us to be people who love the Lord wholeheartedly. And I pray you would have your way in the world around us. I pray that this process of improvement would take place. Lord, let the hearts of people be turned to you. Lord, let there not be corruption within our hearts or in our governments. Lord, I ask for grace to be at work. Bless your people. Bless the nations that we live in, in Jesus' name. And today I pray, bless the nation of Cameroon, Lord, where we shared that story. May that nation come strongly more and more into the things of the Lord. Bless the nation of Uganda that had that ethics committee in the year 2000. Lord, let power be upon them to become more and more godly. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in our day. In Jesus' name, amen.